Um, we've paused here in Acts chapter 2 to look at these six purposes. You see, I have teaching, um, a.k.a. the Apostles' Doctrine, as uh, KT went over last week. And I think this is the order. I asked KT, and then I think I forgot, so I put it up here. This is kind of the order we're going through them. So today we're covering evangelism and service, so we've got to go quick. Um, Mark is going to be team teaching, so I'm going to literally tag team him up here and and then we'll have a little time of discussion. We'll have a couple of questions for you guys at the end. So, Acts chapter 2. Here, I ask you to turn to it. I haven't even turned to it. 42 to 47. Here's the context here. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day to day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their, name, their number day by day those who were being saved. A uh, kind of a radical... Uh, passage here, especially if, if we're trying to apply it to ourselves, right? And this is really our goal in going through these purposes here, is that we can really, as a church, seriously look at them uh, apart from our traditional mindsets of how church works. We want to separate ourselves from that. We want to, we want to separate ourselves from the typical American church mindset and, and really look hardcore at what it means to be a New Testament church. So that's our, that's our challenge this morning. I've got fellowship. I'm going to use this little thing here. Um, I've got a little story to open up. I've talked on fellowship before, and I remember, I'm going to repeat this story. I'm actually going to repeat my outline here, try and jazz up a little bit. But um, for those of you who uh, remember this, that last message, it was a while ago, so you probably don't. Um, there's a story about, about lemons. I, uh, I did one of these uh, searches for illustrations on fellowship, and I found this, this illustration, so I want to read this to you. A local university once offered a general art course that included a most unusual exercise. The teacher brought, a class to a sho- the teacher brought to class a shopping bag filled with lemons and gave a lemon to each class member. The assignment was for the student to keep his lemon with him day and night, smelling, handling it, examining it. The next class period, without warning, the students were told to put their lemons back in the bag. Then each was asked to find his lemon, and surprisingly, most did so without much difficulty. The teacher then asked one student how he found his lemon so easily and so quickly, and how he was so sure that it was the right one. The student replied that his lemon had a discoloration near one end, and had some green on the other end, in such a way that it really was different from every other lemon. The teacher offered the point of his lesson, that time spent in serious examination allows us to know something so well, where a common observer will never notice any of these unique qualities. And I'm actually going to critique this illustration here, because as much as I think that's a a good illustration on fellowship, you know, in a very real way, the more time that we spend together, um, the more that we will get to know each other, right? And yet, with these lemons here, 
we have a concept of familiarity. And I want to contrast this concept of familiarity with intimacy. We at this church, whether we admit it or not, I think we mostly admit it, that we pride ourselves on the fact that we are good at fellowship. We spend great amounts of time together. And we spend quality amounts of time together, getting to know each other. And yet, I find myself seeing fellowship as the easy purpose, right? This is easy. One, because it happens with whatever we do. As long as we do it together, we are in fellowship with one another. And yet, I'd like you guys to, to, to uh, see the difference here between familiarity and intimacy. And my challenge this morning, I don't have much time because we're doing the tag team and we want to do some discussion, but I'm just going to throw it at you. Um, We want to strive for intimacy, closeness. And my first first point here, I've got two real reasons why fellowship is so important and and reasons, uh, aspects of fellowship that we should consider. First one is a commitment to closeness. And my example is David and Jonathan. In 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 4, it says, After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. If you recall the friendship between David and Jonathan, very unique friendship, very close bond that you had. Verse 2, From that day Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his father's house. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. So Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic, even his sword, his bow, and his belt. There's three parts to this, uh, this small, short example that I'd like you guys to take when we're considering fellowship. First of all, you see that Jonathan became one in spirit with David. And really, as we see in Acts 2, that is our goal, to become of, of one mind, to have all things in common, to become in, in one spirit. It's a, it's a level of intimacy that I don't know that I've experienced a whole lot. Maybe with our best friends we've experienced it. But the challenge is that we might experience it as a church. After he became one in spirit with, with David, he made a covenant with him in verse 3. And there's the, the, the point of, um, that I'd like to stress of a commitment. We need to commit to fellowship. We need not to only commit to, to fellowship to spending time together, but I must fell off the stage here. We, we need to commit to intimacy. A commitment to closeness. And then Jonathan's automatic reaction after establishing this, this covenant was to give him the shirt off his back. He took off his robe, he gave him what he had and said, here. Maybe David didn't have those things with him at the time. And so, and so he provided for, for David. A good example um, for a commitment to closeness. <clears throat> One thing that, that I believe is that... Um, Got a little men at work sign here. Um, is that a commitment to, to intimacy, a commitment to more intimate fellowship, involves a choice. Intimacy, intimacy stems from a choice. I'm using the closeness and intimacy in, hand in hand. I, I like the commitment to closeness, a little alliteration better. But really, I'm talking about intimacy. I, I think maybe they're the same. I don't know. Intimacy stems, intimacy stems from a choice. Just as love is a choice, right? Um, many of you experience falling in love. And yet those of you who have been in love for a while understand that it is a choice. 
You might not always like that person, but you choose to love them. Intimacy is a, is a choice. Philippians 2, classic passage here. Paul exhorts the church because it doesn't come easy. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And I think this is the key to growing closer to each other. Because I don't, I don't know how often I look around the room, uh, I don't know how often I consider every one of you better than myself. Think about that. If, if anything, I consider my close friends maybe as good as myself. And I love on them because they're pretty good people. But to consider them better than myself is a huge step I don't know that I've taken. And I'm sorry if I haven't taken it. I need to go there. I need to consider every one of you, even those who I don't know that well, maybe some of, those, some of you guys that I don't like that well, just kidding, um, better than myself. And if that is to happen, if I am going to make that choice, that commitment to do that, then intimacy will happen. And when intimacy happens, it, it, it goes round and round. Unselfishness happens. Because when I know you so well, as a, as a brother or sister in Christ, I cannot help but to care for you. When I know your needs, when I know your burdens, um, trust me, the Holy Spirit does an amazing work there. When, when we commit to intimacy, we become unselfish. Consider the importance of that. My second point, can't mention fellowship without mentioning koinonia, right? Probably one of the most well-known Greek words. The shared life. Koinonia means uh, to, to share with one another, to, to be involved with one another. <clears throat> and there's two things that I want to touch on that Mark's going to go into a little deeper. But the first thing that I, that I would challenge that I think we're, we're starting to understand a little bit is, is the sharing of our stuff. As we share our lives together, um, we need to share our stuff. And I read this. Acts 2, 44-45, All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. Think about that society. What was that, what was that little society like that they had there? Can anyone tell me a society that has existed that looks like that? Anybody? Got the little red flag here. Communism. <laughs> this is communism, isn't it? No. no. Socialism. Socialism. The USSR, isn't this what they tried? Isn't this the concept of what, of what they tried? That no, anyone, no matter how much they worked, they worked harder, pretty much in the end, everyone's going to be equal. This is what it is, but what the reason why it fell so hard was because they lacked love. The key ingredient, the heart and soul uh, of, of that society that, that should have driven it was not there. And in the early church, communism worked. 
Consider that. Oh, don't give me that Hitler sign. Is that what you're doing? <clears throat> Selling their possessions is good. They had, they had, they gave to anyone that he had need. We would like to strive for this in this church. And fellowship, this is a very real aspect of fellowship. When I can look at my brothers and sisters and see their needs and strive to meet them when I have extra. To build an equality here. It's an aspect. The other, JP, you like my little thing here? The other is burdens. And Marston, go into this a little bit more. Galatians 6.2 says, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. And, and I don't know that there should be much difference between, well, there should be, but, but we should be striving to meet each other's burdens um, as much as we do um, meeting each other's needs with our stuff. Two aspects of, of, of koinonia, the shared life. And so I'm going to rip you away right now and, and bring Mark up to talk about service, but we're going to be able to discuss this uh, a little bit. So, thank you. All right. Um, as Joel was saying, we're talking about the whole idea of, of fellowship and service. And in a lot of ways, these two, as you know, Joel's pointed out, they go together and they flow right out of each other. As you talk about uh, burdens and caring for one another and sharing, and the way we share um, our life, um, in a sense, should be a result of our service. And we look at, we've already looked at Acts 2 and saw the example of how they were, again, having everything in common, sharing life. Um, and so you've got, but also we want to look at uh, Acts chapter 4.32. Um, it says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but that all things in common. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and the great grace was upon them all. Now is there anyone among them who lacked? For all, none, nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all uh, were possessors of lands and houses, sold them, and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet. And they distributed to each one as any had need. Again, we take this whole concept of um, fellowship and, and sharing life, sharing stuff. Um, and that they took, again, the people who had... Um, abundance gave to everyone so that everyone um, had all. And it's that whole idea of the body working and supporting itself. Um, and so what is service? I mean, you know, there's all these definitions of, you know, what is exactly service? What is it? And it's simply that. It's as, as working together as the body and, and caring for the body. Um, so we talk about, there's, there's two parts of service I want to talk about. First is it's according to gift. Um, and Joel put a nice little present on there because he didn't quite understand what we're talking about in gifts. But that's all right. Um, but again, we, I'm sure we've, we've all heard many times, we're going to go through this fairly quickly because uh, we don't have a lot of time, um, but I'm going to give you um, quite a few verses to uh, go through on your own uh, throughout the week. Continue to study and look through this. Um, all these different passages, these are, are just some of the ones that, that go through the list of gifts. And um, we're going to look at Ephesians I can get there really quick. Uh, looking at Ephesians 4, it says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. 
Now this he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. And then listen here, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together but by, by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Um, again, it, and if you look at all these different um, passages I have up there in 1 Corinthians, Romans, and 1 Peter, each of those lists out um, different lists of the different gifts that God gave. But it, it, it comes down to this, um, that whatever your gift is, whether it's um, shepherding, whether it's teaching, whether it's um, you know what, what we traditionally now call the gift of service or helps, um, fellowship, uh, hospitality, whatever God has gifted you in, uh, the point of that is that God has given you that gift for the sake of the body. Um, and it's um, in each of these different passages, it brings out that point that um, the gifts that we have been given, um, we're not given for our own gain, we're not given for anything other than for the sake of the body, for the building up of itself. Uh, the ultimate thing when it comes to, to service is the fact um, of God's glory. Um, we are given gifts for His glory um, and we are commanded to use them for His glory ultimately. When we serve each other, when we serve the body, um, ultimately God is glorified. And that, that's the end point. Um, and it, you know, we can talk about the fact that God made each of us for a purpose. Um, he's gifted each of us um, with different talents, different abilities. Um, and He's given them to you for a certain purpose. Um, part of that purpose is um, your role in the body. Um, and whether it's here at the Great Adventure, whether um, you're here for a, a short time um, while you're at school and then and you go on, um, wherever you're at, whenever you are um, part of the body, you are um, called and you are gifted in certain ways to, to build up that body. Um, and and that, that can be looked at as the local body um, of believers um, or it could be the universal church and the fact that we are called again, to glorifying God. Because of that, um, as a great adventure, we, um, when we're looking at, okay, we need to be better at service, we need to be doing these things, uh, we can look around uh, the world and look at other churches and say, uh, look at that church, this church is great at service. Um, and, and this church is great at you know, doing this, doing that. Um, we can't, in a sense, what our goal should be is not to uh, copy and do what somebody else is doing or to see, oh, look at this church. They're just amazing. We want to be like this church. Um, because God has gifted each of us differently and individually. Um, and so the collection of gifts and the way that God has gifted the people that He's brought together to form the great adventure is different than any other church. Um, and so our goal should not be to measure up against some other church down the street or some other church. But our goal should be uh, for each and every one of us to be give, serving according to our gifts and in the end, um, what God does here, it's, again, it's, it's His plan, not uh, some model that man's made that we want to follow. 
And so as we look at that, I, I know, again, we're kind of going through gifts uh, pretty quickly, and, and gifts are something that we could spend a lot of time talking about. Uh, but, but the big thing we want to talk about is, is the fact that we should, um, you know, and I, I want you to study, you know, go into this further if you haven't spent a lot of time on this, and, and figure out what your gifts are. And, and I know a lot of us have done that, um, and, and it's always good to do it again, but there's a lot of tools out there with, you know, spiritual gift analysis tests and all these different things. But the, the point behind them, those are all great. Um, but again, in the end, they're, they're not foolproof. They're not, you know, 100% right. They're, they're great tools for helping us, you know, get pointed in the right direction. Uh, but the challenge really is, what are the things that God has gifted you in? What are the things that you have a passion for? Um, that is what the gift, that's what gifts are. If you are great at greeting people and talking to people when they, when they show up, then do it. If you are great at helping clean up afterwards, then do it. If you're great at uh, working with kids and teaching Sunday school, then do it. Um, God has given you different gifts, and, and no gift is better than the other. Um, some might be, you know, people who are up front uh, playing music. Uh, might be a little bit more noticeable, and, and in a sense, could, you know, you could see them getting more glory than people who are afterwards walking around picking up uh, after church. Um, and yet, the point of it is that we're not doing it for the sake of man, for people to see it, but it's, again, our service is to reflect God's glory and to give Him glory. And so, the challenge then for us is to do that, to find out what it is. Um, and again, if you know, great. Um, if you don't know, you can do, you know, talk to uh, some of the elders. They, we can get you the stuff so you can do a spiritual gift test if you'd like to. Um, it, or spend time studying on your own. You know, that's why we've got these passages. You know, look into it, study it. Um, talk to your friends, see what people uh, see you gifted. And, and if all else fails, start to try something. Um, and you'll find out pretty quick if that's what you're good at or not. And learn from experience. Um, the second part of service is that it has to be based in love. Uh, we talked about that a lot this morning already um, in our time in prayer, uh, in uh, breaking bread and our worship, that we need to be a, a, a church that is, is be, uh, based in love and built in love. Um, and it's cool, as I was looking at all these different passages, and again, there's, I've got a bunch, we're going to talk about a couple of them, uh, but I want you to, again, spend some time later this week and go through them. But in 1 Corinthians 12, where it talks about gifts, in Romans 12, where it talks about gifts, uh, in Ephesians 4, um, where it talks about gifts, they all um, have one thing in common, that they all go straight into love. Um, and some, I, I knew I wanted to talk about the fact that our, our service needs to be based out of love. Um, and then I was looking, it was really interesting to see that each one, um, you know, the gifts are given, service is supposed to be for the sake of the body, and it needs to be done out of love. Um, the most obvious one is if you go to uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Goes through, 1 Corinthians 12 goes through the list. These are the gifts. This is what, uh, you know, it gives the list of the different gifts and what we're supposed to do it. Uh, and it goes right in chapter 13, verse 1. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. No other I have... I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. 
it can't be clearer than that, that no matter what your gift is, um, if you are the best uh, you know, person at speaking and teaching the gospel in the world, or if you are the best musician, if you are the best um, at helping other people, no matter what, but if you do it um, without love, it's worthless. And again, it comes down to the fact that the reason that we have gifts, the reason that we're given gifts, and the reason that we're called to serve is for the sake of the body, for building up of the body in Christ, and ultimately for the glory of God. If we're doing it without love, uh, then the person who's gaining is ourselves. And when we get in the way of what we do, um, God, we're in a sense, we're robbing God of His glory. And so out of our love, um, it, it, it first comes from our love from God. Um, we are called uh, to love God. Uh, that, that is what, as Christians, that's who we are. We are people who love God. Um, based on, as Benji shared earlier, because of what he did for us, what he saved us from, um, we are a new creation and our purpose is to glorify God. And so everything we do has to come out of that. Um, and you look at First uh, John 4. Um, this, it, it isn't clearer than this. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Um, and, and then it goes on and, and talks about the fact that love is manifested in the gift of Christ um, on behalf of us. Um, and if we claim to be uh, followers of Christ, then we need to be defined by love. Um, and that is, at a, it, it comes out in our service. Um, if we truly love God, then we're going to serve the body. If we truly love one another as we're called to. As Joel brought out in fellowship, we truly love one another. We're going to serve each other. Um, and then the, the final part of that is, is that we're called to love the world. Um, and again, we're, we're showing Christ's love for the world as we serve others. Um, and so there's two parts of service. And we, and we talk about it in, in our vision statement. We, we talk about our service. On one half is, is for the body and serving uh, each other and building up the body. Uh, and the second part of that is outreach, and, and it ties in with evangelism. And so, in a lot of ways, service is, in one sense, it's the simplest uh, of the six points that we talk about because everything that we need to do um, is based out of service. Um, we talk about, you know, discipleship um, and, and teaching. If you are gifted in that, you serve the body through that. We talk about prayer. Um, if you're gifted in prayer, you serve the body uh, through prayer. Um, if you're gifted in evangelism, you're serving. Um, and so, in a lot of ways, it's, it's the easy one because it's everything that we do um, is service and should be service. And so we talk about uh, these things. It really comes down that there's two implications that come out of service and two things that we want to, to follow up with. Um, the first one, we all need to serve. Um, God has gifted each and every one of us in some way, shape, or form. Um, and as part of our purpose and what we were created to do, um, we need to serve in the body. And whether it's, again, whether it's in the Great Adventure, whether it's the Universal Church, wherever you are, we are called to serve the body. That is part of who we are. And when we don't, um, we're robbing God of His glory. Uh, and this is kind of a challenging one because um, in America, in churches today, we, we've got really good, we, we've developed a bad habit. We're really good at um, what I like to call sitting and soaking. Um, that we come on Sundays or we come on Wednesdays and we sit down 
and we soak in all the good things of church and then we leave. Um, and that's, again, that's something that we've kind of grown up in and, and is kind of churches throughout the U.S. struggle with this um, because a few people do everything and everybody else just sits and soaks. Um, and if we truly want to be a church that, that makes a difference, if we want to be um, Christians who really make a difference for God in this world, in, in this town, then we cannot do that. Um, we need, again, it, it comes out of the point that we were created uh, to do some. We, we all have gifts and abilities, and whatever that is, um, do it for the glory of God. Do it to the best of your abilities so that God's glorified. And if we're all doing that, um, then things are going to happen. Things are going to change. And then this last one, um, I didn't know another way to get get around this point. Um, and I've kind of, in a lot of ways, I, I struggle with the fact that I kind of pride myself in being really good at serving other people. I like to do it. I love to do it. And I just, I just do it. And so it's, you know, when, when we talk about we need to be serving, you know, kind of, I'm good. <laughs> We're good. Um, and yet it, this last point um, after studying really um, kind of, it, it's a tough thing to say. Um, and it, it, but at the same point, it, it's at the heart of everything. Um, we need to do what God created us to do, um, and whatever the way that is. Again, for me, it's helping do stuff. For other people, it's teaching. Whatever it is, do it. Um, and then this is the one that that hurts. Um, if we truly love God, then we're going to serve. And Again, it's kind of one of those things that if, if we claim uh, to love our Creator, then we are going to serve the church. We are going to serve the body. We are going to serve the world. We are going to use our gifts for His glory. Um, and it really comes down to that point, that no matter what uh, we do, no matter what we say, if we love Him, in that sense, it's I could have just skipped right to this point, but that's service. If we love God we're going to show our love uh, by what we do and how we use what he's given us. Um, we, we talked, we wanted to, uh, again, follow up. We, we've talked about both fellowship and service. and uh, We've kind of ran through them fairly quickly because of uh, the time. And yet we still want to be able to spend some time uh, getting into groups and, and following up and discussing this. Um, and so um, we're going to have some discussion groups. We're going to break up into a couple groups, and there's two questions that we want to talk, you to talk about. First off, what hinders our fellowship and service at the Great Adventure? Um, and secondly, why is it so stinking hard to share our burdens with each other? Um, and partly implied in both of these questions is, okay, once we identify what is that problem, what do we do about it? And so if we can get and want to break up into a couple different groups um, of five or six or so people, um, we'll, we'll discuss these, and then when we're done, uh, we will get back together and talk about those. So go ahead and break up into some groups.